Welcome to the Moving Forward Podcast. This is your host, Corey Cottrell, uh, and uh, in the house today for a policy episode. It's been a hot minute since we've done one uh, as my partner in crime, Rio Verdenier. Hey, guys. Even though we don't actually do any crime, that's, that sentence doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, today, we're talking about uh, uh, some of the issues that we're calling for the, for, uh, 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 for the sake of this episode and, and, and I think an important discussion um, wedge issues. Uh, we're talking about gun safety. We're talking about uh, uh, LGBTQ rights. We're talking about uh, right to privacy, abortion, contraception, all of these things that that now granted, like not to limit their you know importance in the grand scheme of things, especially for the people that are you know affected by those issues. Um, but it's it. I think that the reason why it's it's uh, a decent idea to talk about them as wedge issues is because they're used primarily to ramp up tribalism. Um, and the degree to which, you know, I think Rio and I have talked about this as well. Like, you know, if we're talking about, you know, 1% of the population or whatever, it's not to say that we shouldn't be working on those things, but when literally a hundred percent of the people are, are chiming in and having opinions about them, when really just a, a don't be an asshole rule would apply to all of them and work perfectly. Um, you know, it, it, it tends to cause, a whole lot of issues. Um, so we are going to go through them. We're going to go through all of Yang's uh, uh, policies uh, uh, on them. They are, of course, entirely common sense. They absolutely would move the needle. It's, you know, it's the kind of thing that we could just have a discussion about and everybody can, you know, be data-driven, get on the same page, and we could all move forward and never have to fucking talk about it again, ever. It would be great. Uh, Rio, do you want to add anything before we start running through these things? <clears throat> uh, yeah. I, I would just say that, like, what makes them wedge issues is not necessarily the way that the electorate thinks about them, but the way that the party leadership thinks about them. Um, if you talk, and I, I'm, um, our listeners are pretty well-connected, smart folks, so many of them can probably vouch for this as well. If you talk to people in you know, the leadership of the Republican or Democratic Party, they pretty much all acknowledge that they use these issues, that both parties use these issues um, to rile up their bases. Um, and it's... If you're if your goal if you're if you're one of those people who thinks that uh, that the status quo is bad and the establishment is bad, then you should be particularly bothered by that because um, I'm not one of those people. I I I tend to be pro-establishment, but I'm just going to say like the establishment of both parties uses these issues consciously. They all practically collaborate with each other on using these issues to keep people distracted so they don't pay attention to the other stuff they don't want changed. Um, so it's just, I mean, it's like an open secret in Washington and that's exactly what's going on. I think that that's a a better descriptor than, than the, the, the way that I opened up. I think think the way you said it was good too, Corey. No, but but I think like drawing, (laughs) thanks buddy. Um, I've never met a short horse. (laughs) Yeah. There's, yeah, they're called ponies those little losers anyway so <laughs> no but I'm channeling Trump- donald trump for a second that pony's a loser <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know that was a terrible donald trump impression it was I not good sound- but honestly like i i would i would not be able to trust anyone that could do like a really good trump impersonation so the fact that it's bad is good oh, uh, so no but i think drawing the point that that you know here we are after going through a decade where 
the hyper wealthy have basically liberated $2 trillion of American wealth into their own pockets for a number of different, uh, different reasons. Like every, you know, and income inequality is going completely and totally bananas. You know, the, the way that people are framing economics discussions is completely and totally ludicrous. Um, often, you know, I mean, obviously the, the Democrats as a rule are, are much better at it because they're actually talking about it as if it was, as, as if it was an issue, but they're framing it in ways that, uh, you know, are, could obviously be better. And obviously Yang is doing that. So, and that's, it really is an excuse to talk about anything, but the fact that you're being robbed blind. Yeah. So there hey, you go. I'm not going to endorse everything that Horace just said, but the general gist of it is about right. <laughs> <laughs> Heard. All right. So uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about gun safety. Um, and really, I'm only going to have one thing to say after reading through this, even though I've spilled a hell of a lot of vocal time and ink on this issue. Uh, so here's from the actual policy page. Go to yang2020.com. Visit all the policies. They're freaking amazing. Uh, so gun safety. Uh, we also have to address all instances and causes of gun violence in this country. Physical confrontations and domestic violence are more likely to be deadly when a firearm is involved. Suicide rates involving guns are far too high, over 20,000 Americans each year. Mass shootings in the United States have reached epidemic proportions. For many Americans, guns are a, a big part of their culture and identity. That must be respected. However, guns are a major responsibility, and thus we need to have common sense gun safety measures, especially considering that there are already approaching 400 million firearms in the United States. That's a lot. Uh, responsible gun owners should continue to enjoy the right to bear arms, subject to licensing and education requirements that will enhance public safety. Uh, but we need to ban the most dangerous weapons that make mass shootings as deadly as they have become and address the other violence, particularly suicide, that is plag plaguing the country. Uh, quote from the book, most Americans agree on common sense, uh, safety requirements or restrictions on firearms. As president, I will support sensible regulations of guns that allows their continued enjoyment by responsible gun owners in a framework that promotes the overall public safety. So uh, as president, Andrew Yang would close the gun show and Charlotte loopholes requiring all gun sales and most transfers to have a background check run and completed. Uh, so it just uh, we'll, they're in sections here. So we maybe just go through by sections. Mm -hmm. uh, implement a purchase limit rate, not total. Of, on all firearms uh, so that you just can't go and buy like an arsenal uh, which uh, I mean okay implement a federal cooling off period to decrease the incidence of suicide and impulsive crime um, so the, the uh, yeah I mean one of the, the biggest thing that came up on hashtag coffee this morning one of probably five actually uh, was the the gun show loophole you know people are it's like to talk about the gun rates in Chicago all the time and the fact that you know you can't buy a gun there so only the bad guys have guns uh, Chicago is literally ringed with gun shows where you can just go and buy whatever the hell you want. Right. So it's, 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 I think that's a great, uh, great thing. I mean, there definitely is some truth to the idea that if you make it illegal to buy something, people will find a way to buy it illegally. I mean, if you think about it, we, we applied that exact logic to the war on drugs. And that was part of the reason that we support legalizing them. Right. Yep. So, um, <clears throat> That what what I'll say about this is, it's a very effective wedge, wedge issue for both parties. Um, and we, by the way, we could have thrown immigration in in this one as well. Honestly, I would consider that a wedge issue, frankly. Um, but ba basically, it works. It works for both parties. It works to the benefit of the worst, most cynical elements of both parties, um, because you've got you've got a lot of Democrats who say. <clears throat> I, this isn't mainstream Democrats even, but you know, like some um, on in the base will say like, Oh, we need just to ban all guns. Yeah. Um, right. Right. And, and <laughs> yeah. which I know you don't support, 
Corey. Oh, no, and, no. Um, I absolutely do. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. Oh, 100%. You say you support him, but like, you don't really support him. No, that listen. Anymore. No, that's what should, <laughs> that's absolutely what should happen. It won't. And therefore, oh, okay. I'm actually, I'm, I'm pro whatever will actually move the All right. Out. And, the, but you know, there, there, there are, um, uh, um, less than reasonable people on the right who would say, you know, we can't absolutely no restrictions of any kind on right. arms. Arm, arm literally ever. everyone, including children. Yeah. So like one thing to, to yeah. notice is that the word arms does not refer specifically to guns. Right. And so like, I mean, if you were to take that extreme to its logical conclusion, it should be legal for anybody, any individual to just stockpile nuclear weapons. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Right. Or, you know, military tanks. Right. Right. Um, so you where know, do you draw the line, basically? On most, on most of these wedge issues, I'm, well, on pretty much all policy, but you'll notice when we're talking about wedge issues today, most of these wedge issues, I'm going to thread the needle with the small government argument. Um, and I think that the idea of allowing people, hobbyists, enthusiasts to own weapons, even fairly, even military-style weapons in some cases, as long as they are properly licensed on them, seems like a good compromise to me. Yeah, it really, not it really does. Yeah. yeah, I'm not, I'm not, by the way, when the kind of licensing he's talking about is, um, I'm assuming more along the lines of like how you get a driver's license, which really frankly is not that cumbersome. Right. I think for, That's I, the think, next I, I think, I think the more, the more extreme a weapon is, the, the, the more training should be required for it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm absolutely, absolutely for this. So let me get through the rest of his uh, uh, policy here on this. And again, for the record, like when I when I talk about the fact that banning all guns, right? Is, well, is, I mean, I, right, before you hold on, I hold did, on, hold I, on, hold on. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, and yeah. we got it. We got to get way better at the interrupting. And mm -hmm. if I do it to you, definitely call me out at it. Uh, so. I fucking totally forgot what the hell I was saying. So anyway, promote a stringent licensing system with a five-year renewal requirement for gun ownership. Anyone desiring a license would need to go through a federal background check. Uh, any, anyone with a history of violence, domestic abuse, or violent mental illness would not be allowed to hold a license. Uh, interview with a federal agent who has limited discretion on uh, granting the license. Pass a basic hunting or firearm safety class. Uh, provide a receipt for an appropriately sized gun locker or trigger locks uh, tax deductible. Oh, I like that tax deductible thing. Um, and mm -hmm. individual states will uh, determine their concealed carry, open carry laws, and reciprocity will not be federally enforced. So, and this is the thing, like, this is where, where I, the biggest takeaway that I've had over the last little while was when we talked to, uh, to Fred Ramey. Uh, who's the uh, the awesome uh, uh, truck driver who you know did the whole tour with Yang and is like <laughs> as Yang gang as you can get now. Really, really fun guy. Basically said, you know, everybody knows I'm from Canada. Basically, you know, Canadian gun laws are basically this, right? You need a license the same way you would need a license to drive a car. And there's education uh, and and proficiency tests that you have to go through for each firearm. And they absolutely scale with with uh, uh, the potential violence right, of the uh, of the weapon, which yeah, is awesome. Yeah, which is what happens. I mean, like if you want a motorcycle or if you want to drive a big truck, that's that's separate licensing. Like different so classes. Yeah, 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 right. Like so that and and that to me, like the whole the whole idea that a, 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 just an extremely pro Second Amendment guy. Like if we were to talk phil philosophically back and forth, we would get nowhere between Fred and I. <laughs> like that's just that's that's probably true. But the thing is, we're absolutely both for just that thing. And I think that, that that's why these things are wedge issues. When you break it down to like, hey, what would you be for to like actually move the needle on this? Within 10 minutes, reasonable people from very different sides of the traditional political divide come to an awesome solution. And they're like, okay, well, cool. Why aren't we doing that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? It's crazy. Um, yeah. Well, you know, Link, 
if I were advising Yang on this, I would I would suggest that he take out the language about banning weapons. Um, he, it was like a throwaway, um, and I don't think it's necessary. I think if you're going to sufficiently license them, I mean, that said, I made the point about nuclear weapons for a reason. Right. I mean, most sane people would acknowledge that you've got to draw the line somewhere, right? Um, but uh-huh. like, Is it, the, yeah. the vast majority of, of gun-related deaths aren't, aren't done by... Um, you know, uh, semi-automatic weapons and things like that. So the the idea that you're going to, you know, really reduce much, much violence by completely outlawing those doesn't make sense to me, especially since that you will still be able to buy them illegally. Um, and that, that takes us back to the example with the, with the drugs, you know, outlawing them completely never stopped the problem. It just made it go underground and actually increased crime. Yeah, so drugs I, are a little I, different, I think, right? Well, no, I mean, they're not the same thing, but they are... I mean, I'm just saying like the, the, the same basic principle applies. So yeah. I think it makes way more sense, um, w- except for in cases where there's clearly a public interest that we do not allow ordinary people to have nuclear weapons or, or even maybe major tanks. I could even see allow, allowing people, you know, a hobbyist to keep a tank on his ranch if he's licensed for that personally. I don't have a problem with that. But um, I think that generally it's actually easier to, um, it's actually easier to control illegal behavior by 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 leaving something legal and just you know licensing it now we need to address some concerns because some some gun and this really is a problem for yang I, I i've spoken to a lot of conservatives who enthusiastically support yang but really hope he never does anything on his on his gun laws um one thing people are concerned about is if you license it it makes it easier for the government to take them away from you later Right, because then you've got like a, a record of them. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Corey? I, I have an opinion about that, but that, I've been talking for a little bit, so I don't get no, no, that's okay. That that trope, I mean, it just it feels to me as somebody looking at this culture from outside, mm-hmm. as if, I mean, just from a logical standpoint, the last time that was true was the 1700s, and we don't live in that world anymore. Like the whole idea that you need. Uh, guns to protect yourself against the government is actually just an excuse to distrust the government, and it serves only one group of people, and they make weapons, right? Oh, okay, like it's, yeah, it's it's yeah. making manufacturers money, right? So, and and it really it, the logic of that, like I know that it's it's culturally part of the United States at a very core, deep level, and mm-hmm. and I try to understand as best I can, and I admit fully that like I I'm not there, right? So I don't have that I don't have that cultural bias that you know was was fed into you in grade school. Um, so to me, it just sounds ridiculous. Like it sounds fundamentally ridiculous because you know, like the second that you break it down, like, cool. I mean, you do have a high capacity machine gun and that's fantastic. They've got laser guided missiles. This is not a fair fight. Right. But I it also, it, I, d- I don't think it's not, I don't think it comes from like propaganda in schools. It's more like from reading Mark Twain and hanging out with your dad. That kind well, of okay. That, <laughs> no, that's totally fair. But that's what I mean. Like, but like that, that cultural injection from a really young age, right? Like that's part of the, the origin story of the United States is like, we had this, you know, right to, 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 to bear arms. And therefore we, you know, got out from underneath the yoke of imperialism early. And then uh, immediately, almost immediately started putting it on other people, but still my that um, for now. But yeah, yeah. That, like that, I just don't buy it. That line, I don't buy it. But here's the thing, like we could talk for another hour and a half about this or come together around the, the licensing agreement, which totally makes sense. And then well, move on to something I, way more important, right? As a populace, we should right. be doing that, right? Okay, I'm not a populist, but yeah, I mean, okay. No, populist, the group you, you of people. I, not the- yeah, you and I agree about the licensing. Um, yeah. I, the banning language, especially since it's so vague, I would just advise Yang not to use it. 
Um, but the, the, the rest of it is, sounds good to me. Um, I was just, I just brought that up because I wanted to reassure some of our listeners or address the concerns of some of our listeners who might not see things quite the same way you and I do. Right. Yeah. Um, so actually Fred in our last episode had a really good point about that too, where he brought up just exactly what you said. He said, you know, the, the issue is a lack of trust in the government. Right. You're completely right, Corey, that the idea that you're going to be able to stand up to a rogue U.S. government with your personal arsenal is laughable. That is absolutely not going to happen. Um, th- now, using them for hunting is legit. Using them to defend your house against an intruder is legit. Frankly, defend your, your house against various animals is also a problem. 30 to 50 for all rural areas. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. Would, that, that was a little extreme, but yeah. But I, no, but like that, apparently that... <laughs> so, like kids get raped by 30 feral hogs. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. Like that, that to me, so, and he's actually got very, and I don't know if we really need to get into it, but I mean, he's got very specific language on the, uh, you know, assault weapon definition and bans, uh, renew ban on large capacity ammo feeding. The only thing I'm going to say about that is other, ex- other than the drug thing that, you know, legalize and control or, 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 you know, have leverage that way. I, I get that argument. I'm sympathetic to it. But what we do know is that in other countries where this has, where these weapons have been banned, it has absolutely worked. Now, I don't think it will work in the States because the culture right. is weird and because there's 400 million weapons already. So right. I, you know, I might be, I might be able to be convinced like that just dropping this language because he could support stuff that has more bipartisan appeal just to get on the ticket might make a lot more sense, but it comes to get down on to the th- ticket. And also yeah. because if you want to actually pass a bill in Congress, it's going to, it's going to be an uphill battle no matter what, but yeah, yeah, no. So Fred's point was just basically we need to do something like the freedom dividend and right rebuilding trust in the government because that is a big part of it it's also another legitimate use for guns is just you're a hobbyist you know what i mean like there are people who do archery as a hobby right you know nobody defends their archery hobby by saying i need it to i need it to hunt wild boar you know what i mean like right effective ways of doing that with that so so, (laughs) okay i think i think we i think we're ready to move on to the rest of the policy i mean the rest of the gun policy we should just two more things because i can't let this feral hawk thing go (laughs) okay go ahead so the 30 30 to 50 feral hawks thing like understanding a little bit about how because i've been talking to some people about about how especially down here where that's like an actual real issue right like the only the only reason you would need a high capacity magazine that i have seen that is actually justifiable is this like that, you can literally have your, your, your property and your backyard overrun by 30 to 50 feral hawks. That's the thing that could happen, it, it's which is hilarious. It's totally true, yeah. It really is, right? Like that's like, okay, well, finally somebody found an argument that, that you know, actually makes logical sense to me. I started fine. wondering oh, about this guy who's like, after I mow down 30 to 50 feral hogs, now, now the yard is completely safe for my daughters to play in. That's a little bit like, whoa, you, like you're Rambo, man. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And then you've got food for, uh, uh, for a long time. But I, I want to go back to what you were saying and what Fred was saying about trust, because uh, that that is so clutch. And yes, the freedom dividend and uh, democracy bucks and a bunch of other uh, uh, policies would, would of Yang's would would really address this. But that's the thing that I guess is a little bit frustrating about. You know, the, the, they've allowed this dichotomy, this wedge, to come between you know government for the people by the people to to this contentious situation where you better do always do what we say or we're going to have some second amendment remedies i'm like uh, you know a not going to work b you should be running for something like this is a democracy like engage and actually do that as opposed to constantly see this well as, and that's as the this, other thing to keep this in outside mind force policies too is that the second amendment does exist and 
there's no way you're ever going to do away. You're not going to amend that amendment. Like it's just not going to happen. It would have you ratified, but too many states that will never do it. So yeah, but policy needs to be able to pass Congress, and it also needs to like survive the Supreme Court because it will get challenged to the Supreme Court. So that's just something else to take into consideration. For all those reasons, I would encourage Yang to focus on the licensing and the training, and not on the ban. Fair enough. Um, so uh, LGBTQ rights. Um, Sexual orientation and gender identity should be pro- uh, protected classes under the law, receiving all the federal protections afforded under the Constitution and law. That's the whole thing. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, quote for the book, uh, who you love and how you love are up to you. The law should recognize and protect lesbian, gay, bisexual, and trans individuals. I've always been pro-gay marriage. Why should straight people have all the fun? Uh, people are people and all love is beautiful. Um, as president, Andrew Yang will promote any legislation extending protected status to individuals based on sexual orientation and gender identity, increase uh, funding for programs directed at educating the public on LGBTQ issues, increase funding for programs meant to help LGBTQ individuals who are facing discrimination because of their identity, appoint LGBTQ individuals to senior posts in my administration. Uh, Rio, I'm going to let you start this one. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, it's good. It's good that he kept it short and sweet because. Um I, I, I'm not completely sure about this, but I think something like a majority of even registered Republicans support basic like rights for LGBT people. Um, at this point, it's, uh, it's an area where, uh, the, our society has, um, really evolved, um, very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think early, early when we were first doing the show, we were naming some of our intellectual heroes. And one of the ones I mentioned was Andrew Sullivan. One thing Andrew Sullivan is famous for is being a uh, like politically conservative guy who just happened to be gay uh, and who played a major role in getting um, making same-sex marriage legal in this country. And he basically argued that, look, you know, we, if we want to be accepted and treated as an equal member of society, then we, we should just advocate for the right to do something like marriage. Like, let, let's, let's, let's rally around something simple right and um something that people can relate to something that's like pro-family and really quite conservative if you think about it i mean a lot of radical lgbt activists were like no we don't want anything to do with marriage it's heteronormative right (laughs) and all this stuff (laughs) and they and you know like what we should do is just get the government out of marriage altogether they actually sounded a lot like uh, some hardcore um, anarchists on that topic and uh, Sullivan, um, being more conservative-minded, said, "No, uh, if we try to, if people feel like we're coming in to like tear down the fabric of society and attack families and attack marriage, that's going to backfire on us. That's a bad idea." Um, so there was this huge argument within the within the LGBT movement about that, and fortunately, Sullivan's side won, uh, and he was right. I mean, he's proven it's right. Like the the vast majority, what, 80 something percent of Americans um, support same-sex marriage now. And that didn't happen for no reason. It happened because the the movement decided to focus on being treated equally. So Yang is smart to keep this, make this um, kind of sidestep this one because it it really is kind of a non-issue. Even Trump sort of did uh, when he was running. And he said something like, well, it's settled. It's settled, you know same-sex marriage is settled it's not going to change or whatever um, yeah. i think that uh he is well we don't want to get go down the rabbit hole of trump but um let, let's just say some of his lgbt supporters aren't entirely thrilled with what he's been doing 
yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't like Yang isn't making this a big deal. He's threading the needle on a wedge issue. I think he's doing it intelligently. There are obviously like hardcore homophobes who are never going to vote for anybody who's pro same sex marriage, but I'm not sure that's even true anymore. I think Trump proved that even that wasn't true. You know what I mean? As long as you promise to crack down on abortion, apparently they're fine with the pro same sex marriage. Candidates. Yeah. That's, and really like I revealed the hypocrisy of the evangelical, right? Well, yeah. I mean, yep. I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it, if there was a question and there shouldn't have been, it definitely can't exist now. Yeah, no, I have nothing to add to that. I mean, again, like I think a lot of this stuff could be funneled into, you know, if you actually put, you know, 10, 10 reasonable people uh, with differing political, you know, tribal identifiers in a room and said, hey, like, how, what's the right thing to do here? You would land on this. That's the right, like, the, you know, in, in, a, in a country that's all about freedom, it should be freedom for everyone, not religious right people. Yeah, not to mention, yeah. like, that's also the small government position. The small government right. position should be, yeah, like, let people live their lives and the government shouldn't tell people what to do with, with their personal lives. I mean, right. Does, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, right? no, I, I will say this. I will say, that, like, um, when, you, when you contrast um, Yang with some other people running in the Democratic primary right now, not all of them are threading the needle as well as he is. Uh, I think Elizabeth Warren did something, posted something that I'm sure played very well to her base, but will come back to bite her in the butt if she's the nominee. I saw she said, posted something online that was like, um, oh, congratulations to such and such state, which now has it so that your driver's license doesn't say your biological sex, it says your, your gender identity instead. The problem, right. with, the problem with something like that is that the purpose of an identification card is so that you can identify the person. And it's also used by like medical professionals and biological sex is a thing and erasing it is kind of anti-scientific. I mean, we also don't ask people what like their favorite movie is on their driver's license, right? Because it's not really relevant to the purpose of a driver's license. Somebody's personal identity is not, that's not, there's a difference between an identity and a reality. And that's just something that, people need to face like the there's you know you don't have to go to that extreme in order to support lgbt people and when 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 some people on the left do that it's going to get trump reelected very possibly because that's the kind of stuff that a are lot you of serious people, like that's that yeah. that's that big of a deal like seriously like like it for small government people that shouldn't give a fuck if i you know and that's the thing like you could be trans male you could be trans female or whatever you could you could do that identification so that you know anybody anybody looking at your card to see what kind of plumbing you have is going to figure that stuff out. Like that seems like, like talk about a tiny issue that people who call themselves for freedom and small government should not be talking about at all. Well, except, I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about a specific thing that the government is doing. We're talking about, right. The, and who gives a shit? Why does it's it matter? A, it's not a big deal to me. No, I know. But I'm just, I'm just I, saying like, Yang Yang has a better handle on the overall body politic because he's frankly not like a far lefty, right? And he understands the way other people think. And yeah. um, when when Warren says something like that to me, it doesn't. I it's it's not. I'm sure she's coming from a completely genuine place of like just wanting to like be supportive, right? right. But it's just not smart politics. You didn't need to do that. <laughs> 
I guess, and that's the thing, right? I guess, yeah. Trump supporters, a lot of them will say, especially the ones who are more affluent, the ones who weren't, who weren't voting for him because, you know, they're, because they're poor and their jobs are getting shipped overseas and the Mexicans are taking their work. Yeah. Back to the affluent Trump supporters, a lot of them will say things like, well, I just feel like, you know, the political correctness has gone too far. Yeah, and, I've seen that. You know, right? Yeah. And that's, that, that, that does kind of play into that a little bit. And yeah. I think. Take into consideration. Yeah. I, 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 I actually believe that Warren's smart enough to have actually taken that into consideration. And, and I don't, you know, I don't mind Yang's position on this. That's, I'm that's, not insulting that's, her intelligence. I know she's very No, smart. no, no. Yeah. And I think the only, the only thing I would, would add to that is sort of meta kind of political theory stuff. But I've been saying for a while that going after Trump supporters while Andrew Yang is doing it, and that's fantastic. Um, it's not the lowest hanging fruit by any stretch of the imagination non-voters are, right? So the idea that we want to consistently and constantly pander uh, to, you know, the potentially heavy lift. Because uh, yeah. that's the thing. Everybody I know who's really, really upset about the political correctness thing, I, you know, I don't give a fuck who they vote for. I really don't. Because it's, it's, it's stupid, right? And so, again, this is why I'm not going to get elected to anything. So, I, you know, <laughs> Yang's, Yang's ability to thread the needle is obviously uh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so, yeah. But we don't need to, you know, like, we, we, we can move on to the next policy fairly yeah, quickly. But yeah, I just yeah, want to say, like, not, I mean, not everybody who is concerned about political correctness is, is an idiot. Like some of them have valid points. And um, I don't, I don't think that any of any of those people are going to avoid Yang, but a lot of them would probably sit out the election over Warren. And, and you're right about, you're right about non-voters, but the problem with non-voters is if you, if you, you talk to like the, the folks at 538 or whatever, they'll say like, yeah, well, you know, non-voters count. But the problem is we don't have any data. We have no way of like, you know, math, right? We have no way of knowing what they think or, or what they're going to vote for because they have not been participating in the process. Right. And frankly, honestly, realistically, you're not going to get a lot of non-voters. You're just not. I'm not, I'm not sure that that, I'm not sure that that's true. You can get the numbers up and if you can get them up by even just a million or so, that could make a big difference, especially in swing states. Absolutely. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that shouldn't be part of the strategy, but I think you need to do what Yang's doing. You need to get non-voters, but you also need to get like some people who are not on the hard left. Right. And I guess this is (laughs) the whole idea that we call that hard left is so weird for me, but I'll take it. Uh, So and again, like coming down to every single possible policy thing, like what, what, what can you actually do that's going to move the needle for the most people, right? And, and in, this, you know, uh, in this entire episode, we are talking about, like even though I rant and rave about you know, the fact that gun deaths are 10 times worse per capita here than anywhere else in the developed world, blah, 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 blah. We're still talking about the number of people that die in car accidents every year. That's just a fact, right? Yeah. So, so you know, it, it, is, it is epidemic and insane. But at the same time, the freedom dividend would literally end homelessness and freaking the you know the plight of the working well, exactly. poor I mean, across I th- the board, right? Like they the the, the 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 while we're talking about all this stuff, right? Um, you know, it, it I think it's important to come back to that over and over, and over again because what we could have been talking about for this hour, and of course we've got to go through all these policies, so it's different. But you know, if we were just sitting at the bar talking about this stuff, you know, or or any any political conversation where you're spending even 10% of your time on this stuff. You know, it should be a 1% of your time kind of thing. This is the policy. Isn't that fantastic? Let's move on to what's more important. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. That's, I'm, I'm, I brought up that example to make that exact point, which is yeah. like, why even go there? You know what I mean? Like it's every time, every time that one of these candidates goes to one of these wedge issues, it's going to only play into Trump's favor. Trump, 
he does one thing he has is he, he has like a natural ability he really knows how to manipulate the lowest common denominator psychologically mm-hmm. and there are a lot of those people and he knows how to manipulate the media he knows how to trap the media into a narrative that that suits him it's all it's very cynical right so like just do what yang is doing and don't spend a lot of time on these wedge issues <laughs> yeah I, you know in in that context i think i have to agree because he could he could take that comment by uh, warren which is entirely you know reasonable as far as you know all of all of the base whatever you want to call us would be concerned we're all like yeah fine that sounds great but at the same time he could turn it around and 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 uh, uh you know whip up he'll five make million it sound, people. yeah he'll make a mountain out of a molehill that, and, right and warren will have no choice but to double and triple down on it because now her base is going to feel like she has to defend us right 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 right, right. and now and trump is controlling the narrative exactly the way it's that you just said yeah, yeah. Uh, the trump trap <laughs> well played well played uh, all right so rights privacy abortion and contraception um, in a perfect world, only those who are ready for and desire a child would become pregnant, but that's not the world we live in. Uh, everyone has a right to bodily integrity and more needs to be done to ensure that women have and maintain that right. Uh, access to birth control should be provided to all Americans. It should be the decision of each individual whether she wants to use it, not a decision made for her by her doctor, family, or where she lives. Access to safe and affordable abortion services should also be provided to all Americans. Requirements placed by individual states on access should be subject to oversight by a board of doctors, not the whims of legislators, religious, who have no background on the procedure or even the basics of medicine, religious. The two more effective ways to decrease the number of abortions are to provide every woman with access to contraceptives and to provide financial, emotional, and structural support to individuals who are financially struggling and become pregnant. Universal basic income would accomplish this for many prospective parents. I'm reading that again. If you are utterly anti-abortion and want to end all the baby killers forever, listen to what I am about to say. The two most effective ways to decrease the number of abortions are to provide every woman with access to contraceptives and to provide financial, emotional, and structural support to individuals who are financially struggling and become pregnant. Universal basic income would accomplish this for many prospective parents. That's just clutch. Uh, So as president, Andrew Yang will appoint judges who support a woman's right to choose, uh, support a woman's right to choose in every circumstance, and provide resources for planning and contraception. End of discussion. So you, you want to start with that one, Corey, or should I? Yeah, you can. I mean, honestly, seriously, like that, I have nothing yeah. to add. Just uh, yeah, okay. Um, well, maybe maybe I'll, maybe I'll maybe I'll say something that'll inspire you to say something. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is the last of the wedge issues we're covering in this episode. Um, it's a pretty darn big one. Um, the Republican Party made a conscious decision to go out and spread the idea that you know um, Democrats are baby colors. Um, because they wanted to just rile up their base and get votes. If you, if you, um, if you look back at, at it, uh, you know, like 50 years ago, it was a non-issue. People didn't really care about it. When, when people were asked what they cared about in political issues, nobody, pretty much nobody said abortion. Um, and, uh, the Bible doesn't really say anything about it either. It does, it does say, um, Thou shalt not kick, uh, commit murder. So that's a relevant thing if you if you believe that it's murder. But the that but even then, like it just it just wasn't something that the average person was aware of. So there was a conscious a conscious decision made by the Republican Party to basically the idea is it's related to the Southern strategy. The idea is we need to we need to trick all of these plebs into voting for us because they're not going to vote for us based on our actual values. We had to trick them using these wedge issues. So, um. 
the the thing to the thing from a small government perspective to say about this is the government should stay out of it, right? That is that is uh, that that would be the the small government perspective. Now, some people will say, yeah, but you know, we still have laws against murder, et cetera. So you know, even a small government, unless you're an anarchist, you want to have some laws, et cetera. Then it's just a matter of asking yourself the practical question, like we did about guns, like we did about drugs. And practically speaking, outlawing abortions doesn't actually stop them. It just makes them go underground. So this is very similar to the guns and drugs issue, frankly. Um, and really, if you look at the states that have the lowest abortion rates per capita, they're places where abortion's legal. Well, I mean, abortion's legal everywhere, but there are states where accessible. it's accessible. Yeah, exactly. There are states where it's basically illegal because they've made it so that it's so, it's so hard to get one that you have to leave the state to get one. Mm. Um, but the, like places where it's accessible, um, actually tend to have lower uh, abortion rates, and that's because they also tend to have things like proper sex education. Yep. Um, and, 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 and really just like teen pregnancies also are lower under those circumstances. So it really is a stupid wedge issue. Like the data is clear about what we should do. Um, Yang's proposal of making contraceptions available is key. Um, the other thing I would say about from a conservative perspective, a physically conservative perspective, is if you don't want like a lot of poverty in the country, then you definitely want to make sure abortions are accessible because when when you know when poor people have babies, poverty goes up. The taxpayer is responsible for taking care of all of those people, and crime also goes up. Thank um, you. That was the only thing I was going to add. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if you think about it, a conservative should be take the small government position, the position that saves taxpayers money, the, the position that lowers crime. And, you know, from the, the, as far as the ethical arguments about, I mean, most people would say that everything else being equal, you don't want people having abortions. Um, but again, you know, the outlawing, it doesn't really stop them. What, what stops them is, is education and um, financial resources. Well, and, and the, the, the science on, you know, the developmental capacity, I mean, you have Republicans talking about basically saving hair follicles at this point. Um, which is, you know, obviously well, you, I, was you trying, wanna, I, was tra- I was trying to thread the needle in a I, I, I philosophical saw argument. And that's um, the thing, like, my, my, <laughs> yeah, the only, the only thing there is like, you know, science can inform that your bronze age, uh, uh, origin myth cannot, that's, you know, it just, it won't because it's yeah, a bronze age myth. Yeah, I think agree about that, but I mean, this is another area where there's a divide on the right. You know, there's, there's, um, the so-called elite people on the right who tend to not care about this issue at yeah. all, right? <laughs> They're the ones who tend to, to run the party. So that is something to take into consideration. I think part of the reason Trump did well is because there, there's been a, um, an awareness on the right that, he was, um, that he, was, he was standing up to the establishment of the party, right? I think it's part of the same appeal that someone like Bernie Sanders has in the Democratic Party. It's like, yeah, stand up to the establishment. They don't really rec- rep- represent us plebs. Um, um, sidestepping the fact that you know a guy who inherited billions of dollars yeah, yeah. disregard all the facts clubs. yeah <laughs> oh actually one last thing i want to say from the conservative perspective on abortion is that you know there there is this idea about you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps and take responsibility and the, and i understand the appeal of that argument um very much so so the idea is like well yeah but you should take some responsibility for not getting pregnant but there are a couple of couple of problems with that. One is that no matter how careful you are, people sometimes get pregnant anyway. You can use every form of birth control known to man and still get pregnant. It happens. Um, uh, so, um, my uh, mother and father-in-law got pregnant with my wife while, using, while they were using birth control. It happens all the time. 
Um, So that's the first thing. The second thing is, frankly, and this relates to the whole point about uh, crime and poverty, frankly, the sorts of people who are so irresponsible that they would use abortion like birth control, considering how like unpleasant it is to get an abortion, right? You'd have to be pretty darn irresponsible and stupid to want to do that. Those are the last people we should want raising kids. That's terrible. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh my God. That's such a good, it's such a pragmatic argument. All right. Hey, um, I, 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 yeah, we got it. We got to close this one out. We got to do another one. Yeah. Here. Yeah. I think, I, th- I think, I think we, we, uh, it. we threaded the needle. I think we're good. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. And I think you did most of the heavy lifting on the needle threading. So congrats. Uh, hey, did you want to say the thing? Andrew Yang is our taco. That was actually really sexily done. Nailed it. Thank you very much for listening to the Moving Forward podcast. Uh, we are so excited to be bringing this to you, and we're so excited about the uh, the awesome community, the Yang Gang that's growing up around the candidacy uh, of Andrew Yang. Uh, if you could please tag us on Twitter with the hashtag Moving Forward Pod, and uh, find and join the Moving Forward podcast uh, group on Facebook. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.